just welcome to the gooners podcast season six episode 49 it's the open mic post game show and the treble is back on Jared, it is on, baby. It's We're back. back on Liverpool Schmiverpool, as far as I'm concerned. Welcome. Welcome to the post-game open mic show. Jared, it's always nice to see you. It's it's very early where you are. It's not not even the crack of 9 a.m. yet uh, in Chicago, but uh, thanks for joining me this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to come on after a win, a good performance, and I love seeing that you're you're out checking out the game and you've got company with you. I do. I do. So without any further ado, uh, today I am in the lovely uh, Sarasota, Florida, my future home. Uh, the, the house is underway. Magic's kingdom is, is being built. Um, and, uh, and we're here just to, to spend a few days on the beach and enjoy, uh, enjoy the sun. Um, and with me today is a man who came to Sarasota from LA. I'm not, you know, that that's, you know, the, you could say, is that an upgrade or a downgrade to come from Sarasota from LA? I love it out here. It's an upgrade for me. Nice. But all I can say is, oh, shit, there goes a the neighborhood. You're moving in. I know. I mean, <laughs> it's like, there's only enough room. You know, again, it's like it's like when I was in town with Danny last week. You know, there's only enough room in one city for, you know, balding, bearded, chunky, somewhat full, full-figured men. Uh, and yes, Puga, uh, it is Mr. LA. You want to turn around? Uh, Steve Manios is with me today. Uh, the 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 famed L.A. Gooner, um, and uh, you've got a fan. You've got a fan already. I got my one fan. You, got, you, you have your fan. Is my wife online? Uh, I'd like to wave to all my fan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so let's start off. I mean, we've got, we've got a, a, a rich waiting in the in the red room. If anyone else wants to participate, I'm looking at you, Daniel. Looking at you, Alonzo. Come on, man. Uh, we need to hear from you. Mike Hers is in here, but uh, too lazy to come in as a host. Uh, but uh, if you want to come in, just go to gooneropenmic.com and you'll be uh, you'll be put onto the show. Um, so, ten games unbeaten, followed by one game significantly beaten. <laughs> um, you know, I know the the tone on our show last week was pretty much, "Don't panic, it's Liverpool; they're on a different level, and we're you know going to have these kinds of games every once in a while." The more important game is going to be the ones that are coming up, and can we regain our form against Newcastle? So, uh, job well done today. I mean, what's your overall take on the game? Yeah, I, I'm very happy. I think the the character for me that was all about the character after last match. What are we? How are we going to rebound against Newcastle? 
And I think we rebounded nice. I, I think the players played a good, great game out there. And I'm happy with the result. I'm happy with the way they turned it around and um, just took it to them. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games where, Jared, I mean, after the first half, you're starting to get a little nervous because 80% possession, no no end product. I think I, I read somewhere that uh, that we had the most attempts at goal in a half without scoring since Manchester United earlier this year with we had 12 they had 15 without scoring uh were you getting that sinking feeling that that like this was going to be a bit of a hangover I I felt okay about it given that Newcastle's just pretty poor defensively I thought eventually we would we would get the breakthrough and I I think really we owe it to to Saka he came out of halftime on fire made a number of good plays um we we saw him beat two men on the on the right side and get a get a shot on goal. We saw him from the left on the short set piece lay a perfect ball in front of Dubrovka that unfortunately no one was on the other end of. And then, you know, it has the great interplay with Tavares for the opening goal and all three of those within about 15 minutes. So I think he realized the game was there to be had. And, you know, he's the type of player that can go out and, and make something happen. And he certainly did. Unfortunate to see him go off, but he really got the ball rolling. And as soon as that happened, you could just see all the momentum on Arsenal's side, and and they really, what I what I enjoyed about it is they went out and looked for a second rather than immediately sitting back and, and trying to sort of rest on their laurels after getting one. As they came out full of attack, got forward, and you know had, had a great second half overall. Yeah, I think it was huge that 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 we scored our second before bringing on El Nenny rather than the El Nenny thing and then the second because you know when you bring in El Nenny, you're you're you're, you're then sitting on your lead. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, two nil, that second goal is always massively important for us because how many times have we seen, you know, a dominant performance, a lead, Mm -hmm. and then you end up with something less than you should, should have gotten it for, uh, you know, out of the, out of the game. So, uh, we're going to bring in rich. Um, I want to ask rich specifically about, uh, about one of the 11 men on Arsenal today. So rich, uh, rich from, uh, from Ohio is in the hizzle. Um, wearing a, a kit that is not uh, the William kit. Um, we're going to put that to bed. We're going to retire that. Okay, Rich? I'm um, not going to talk to you anymore about the kit. We're not going to bring it up every time we see each other because, you know, we're past that stage of our relationship. It's the shirt that must not be named. Yes. Yeah. It's the shirt that must be burnt, actually. And I, it's you know, I, somewhere I know, in the closet. <laughs> I know I, I know I bought it for you, uh, uh kind of as a, as a, as a, the history is, uh, you know, we needed a win. I said, if we get a win and, and William assists on a goal, I'm buying him the shirt. I'm buying somebody a shirt. Rich won the shirt. He wore the shirt. He didn't have to wear the shirt. I bought the shirt. I didn't have to buy the shirt, but I bought the shirt. And um, and, and I want you to know, because, it, you know, the money came out of my pocket, you can burn it. It's okay. You don't have to. Like, I, I, I can't bring myself to burn an Arsenal shirt. I'm not that. Guy. Well, that's true. That's true. I wouldn't do that. I, I, I don't live in Cleveland. I didn't burn my LeBron James shirt. So, <laughs> well, you're the. Oh, so you're the one. <laughs> no, it's just. So, so who did you want to discuss? <laughs> I, I would like to discuss the man known as Noon Tavaj, um, because okay. we all we all know that uh, the guy's kind of played out of his skin in his early uh, run out at Arsenal. He's really. It, during a during a, a bit of an injury to KT, kind of solidified his hold on that position until last week when he came up against the you know Mo Salah, best player in the world on form at the moment, and um, and had a shocker, an absolute shocker. 
smart decision to keep him in today to build his confidence against the Newcastle team, or were you fully expecting to see KT? I was expecting to see KT. I'm a KT guy, but it, it was a tale of two halves because the first half he was he was still recovering from getting you know most solid. <laughs> it just. Really? I, but I mean, he was okay. But he, there were, he had those moments. Second half, from what I saw of it, because I had to take my kid to school for something, he looked good. <laughs> it's, it's Saturday. Did you know? Yeah, they they have a fundraiser for their robotics team. She had to be there oh. at nine o'clock. It's like really, it's the middle of an Arsenal game, and I've got to take you to the school. Okay. I mean, priorities, all right. You know. Yeah, that's I. Well, hey, it was on the radio. They, I just they didn't have see this. It. They have this thing called Uber, Rich. Uh, you could have you could have sent the child. Yeah. Right, so actually, right, I live so, a block and a half away. She could have walked. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. So you're you know you are, we we know where your priorities are. But anyway, um, so in your mind, I mean, you were expecting KT. Do you think that? I mean, I I I don't think that we could say that it didn't pay off because I mean, to me, and this is a spoiler, he's my man of the match today. Um, yeah. But I mean, what what do you what do you make of his play? I, like I said, I, I, I thought he was okay in the first half. The second half, he was lights out. I mean, he's one of those guys, he's young. He's going to grow into games. He's going to have those games where he goes up against a world-class player. And let's face it, Salah's a world-class player. I don't care. I don't care who's going up against him as, as your left back. He's going to get beat at least once or twice. Yeah. You know, you, you've got you've to – but I, I believe they said last week we were the youngest average-age Premier League team – and going against one of the best teams in the world, look, okay, I wasn't expecting 4-0. I thought we'd give it a go, but, so, you know, we, we, we had our we were talk- Yeah, we were talking, uh, uh, Steve, about something that I tweeted earlier this week, which is that, like, the stage that we're at right now, I think, is where we have to, sh- we have to close up shop and do exactly what we did today against the type of team that we played today. You can get top four, much less top six by being flat track bullies um, and, um, and and essentially putting away and getting three points out of every four or call it six or seven points out of every nine against teams in the bottom 15. You know, the I'll include Leicester in there. I'll include West Ham in there. I'll, I mean, even though they're fourth right now, I'm talking about the non, you know, City, Chelsea, Liverpool teams. You get, you get, three quarters of those points or even two thirds of those points, you don't need to show up. All right. Let me take that back. You don't need to, you know, to compete and get three points on the road against Liverpool or even take a point on the, you know, away from home against Chelsea. You don't need to in order to still make the top four. Now, would I like to, yeah. Do I think that, you know, ultimately to challenge for the title, do you need to? Absolutely. You have to. But where we are right now, we're trying to get back in Europe. So yeah, we're still a year away or so of that. I mean, with these young guys, you got to expect them to make mistakes. I, I was telling Mike earlier, you know, reading reading online stuff, people complaining about players who are 19 and 20 years old. They're going to make mistakes. They're not men yet. They're still young boys, and they're learning out there. And you know, we saw today they learned from some mistakes last week, and they came back and did to a team what they should have done today. The team that they had to beat, they beat them. Yeah. And I agree, Mike. If we can if we can take the teams below us. We'll have enough points to finish, in my opinion, number four. I mean, anything outside the top um, four, I can't see us one for three, one and one through three at this point. No, I, I don't see anybody one through three other than the teams that that we all know are going to yeah. finish one through three. So really, this year is the tale of of 
of West Ham, Arsenal. Uh, Jared, help me out here. Uh, who else is in that? You know, United. United, Leicester. Leicester. I mean, Leicester's way off the pace right now, but they, you know, so who knows whether this is one of those crazy years where they finish 14th or whether they mm-hmm. get back on track. But, like, you know, it. it this is the year where where you got a chance at fourth, but you should really definitely be able to get fifth or sixth. And and um, and I think we need to be given it all to get to fourth. I and mean, we're the one team that's not in Europe this year that has the ability to get those those you know that rest, and 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 we could do it. Rich, I mean, and, and we're going to bring on Alonzo in just a second to join us. But uh, but Rich is is um, I mean, as you look at the rest of the season, we are level on points with West Ham with them still playing a game but it's against City um did you ex- I mean did you expect in any way shape or form after the start we had to be in the in the 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 you know the middle of the Europa the, the Europe spots well At before this point of the season no I mean we all said well we didn't all say this but I said I'll judge Arteta in November because yeah. you know September too early October, you know, it's just start, stop, start, stop, start to the season. But uh, by November, you get a sense of what team you have. And I like the team that we have. I I agree. And I I think I want to say I was on one of the pods while you were off with Owen. And I said, I'm I'm giving Arteta. Well, no, no, you were off the pod and Owen was on hosting. And I I think I said that I would give Arteta till Christmas. Yeah. And you know what? Right now, win the games we have to win. You know, you have to beat those sides that are that are not, you know, above you in the table. A, a loss to Liverpool, yeah, okay, it's not what we wanted, but they're they're a better squad than us right now. I mean, we we're we're gonna get there. I mean, these, these kids are doing a good job, and then you know, I I like what know, I saw today. <laughs> we don't know what their ceilings are yet. I mean, we every time we think you know we're we we've seen the ceiling of a young player. They, I mean. There's so much more to go from these guys, and they just have to be surrounded by, you know, by the right coaching, the right environment. It's, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think there's everything to look positively about. Now, you know, the next question is going to be, you know, are you satisfied? You know, is, is it reasonable to say that we really underperformed today against a woeful team and only barely won 2-0? We'll ask Alonzo that. So, Alonzo, welcome to the pod. From uh, you're in uh, are you in Houston or Philly? I don't remember. So I'm in uh, North of Houston, Carter Woodlands, Texas. So North, nice. North of Houston, North of Houston, yeah. Nice. Well, welcome to the Open Mic Pod, Alonzo. Up, it looks Alonzo? like uh, it looks like Liverpool have already scored. <laughs> the game just started, so you know, so 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 let's let's actually use that. Liverpool's good, right? So are you? Did how much did last week? kind of take you out of your uh out of your comfort level and how much you know has it been restored this Thursday this this Saturday morning so as an Arsenal fan you know you kind of expect to lose to Liverpool and to City and to Chelsea so my 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 hopes weren't as high as say we're we're doing pretty good in the league and we didn't lose any games until uh last on August so we didn't lose any games but we still have that feeling that we could put up a fight, right? So I think it's kind of sad that we didn't score a goal, at least. But I think that we have a young team, and hopefully we'll learn from that. Or they'll learn from that those mistakes, you know. And having Mo Salah, he's a great player, and so is Sunday on Monday. So, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, I think that our expectation level should be 
where we need to beat mid-level tables like the West Ham's, like the Leicester's, like um, other teams, like especially Tottenham. So uh, yeah. Well, you know, and and um, and and I think United. If it wasn't for the, I, I am ten times more worried about the United coaching appointment than I am about the Tottenham coaching appointment from a couple of weeks ago. But I mean, Jared, th- those are kind of the two teams that it, it's really going to be about. I mean, the, the other three are for another year, but I think United and Spurs right now are the teams that we have, and, and maybe West Ham have to show that we're ahead of in the uh, developmental stage. Oh, a hundred percent. I think more so than any year. I remember this year, there's really only one champions league spot open the three in the top three spots right now even if they have some injuries or they're still just levels above everyone else, they're going to remain in those top three spots. It's just a matter of who's going to finish where. And as far as Tottenham and United, you know, I like where we're sitting right now. Tottenham is a mess. Even since Conte's come in, they look terrible, which, which is great. We can all enjoy, you know, laughing at their failures each and every time they go out there. United will be the interesting one to see how, how much things change when Ragnick comes in. Um, I, I'm not sure that it's going to be he comes in and they instantly win four or five in a row. Like you. Oh no, but I'm worried about one to two years from now. Yeah, I think long term it's a it's a really good appointment. It sounds like you know right now he's the interim and then he's going to have a consultancy role, and and he's a great team builder. I, I think he's it's a good move for them. Though I was a little bit disappointed to see them you know kind of kind of get him in, but I, I'm interested to see how they perform right away and what that's going to mean. You know, I think he's already said he would be willing or that maybe the team would be open to keeping him on beyond this season, pending the results. So that's, it's a little bit of an awkward spot if you say, hey, you're not doing well enough to remain the coach, but you're going to stay on as a consultant. And then they're back in the coaching market, maybe looking at, well, does you know, he prefer that consultant role? I mean, doesn't he, doesn't he kind of prefer being the Adu to someone's Arteta or 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 the you David know, I, Dean maybe to, to, to an Arsene Wenger type of uh, relationship? Yeah, and, and I'm certainly not the foremost expert on the man in, in any way, but that was my understanding. When I hear his name, I think of him more in a, in a front office executive type role than I do as a, you know, on, on the sideline manager. So we'll see how that goes. And I mean, how do you feel if you're Ronaldo right now? You came back to United, <laughs> Solskjaer gets sacked, the team's a mess. You've got, you know, a limited number of years left. And now you're looking at them just signing an interim rather than going for a full time, you know, or a full uh, long-term replacement he, he can't be overly happy with the way things are going there so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with him you know kind of as the year goes especially if they don't make a pretty quick turnaround here they could they could fall down the table pretty quickly as competitive as it is this year yeah it, it's a fascinating thing and and um today w- the one thing i was looking at today and everyone's you know been talking about our attack and how we just haven't been able to score goals we really haven't looked that fluid on offense I think today we were okay in that category, but what I was really, really, really looking at was the back four because, you know, we have been getting clean sheets. We have been closing down teams. I felt very confident with the opposition in possession, knowing that we had a a well-drilled, well, you know, a a back four that's played well together. Um, And I think that they absolutely delivered today. Uh, I mean, it was like, the, the 10 games prior to, to Liverpool. And, and, you know, the more that that, that game is a one-off, the better off that we are. But um, any, Steve, any, any thoughts on Tomoyasu? Ben, I mean, the, the, the center partnership today, personally, I thought Ben White 
was from the moment he started the game today phenomenal. No, it's actually great now going into matches and not worried about how many goals you're going to leak in, how many goals you're going to give up. When the Mustafi's going to yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah, when's the Mustafi? <laughs> when is, you know, when are we going to see this? You know, we're up 1 0, as you said, and controlling a game in the 90th minute, some stupid thing goes through. Uh, and I think that was critical that we shore up the defense before anything else. Now I expect that we have a strong defense. They're working together. These kids are great. Is now let's start moving forward. Let's let's see if we can get um, Pierre there to um, not miss a couple of those sitters every now and then. Oh. And I mean that should have been a three or four goal. It should, it should have been. Yeah, it should have been three or four goals. And I think that's my only critique about it, is you said earlier is that these are teams. It's not that we have to beat them. We have to beat them. We have to get four goals. We have a, you know, if if fourth place comes down to goal differential. You know, right now we're we're really struggling on that. We need to we need to put goals against these teams to build our confidence. Yeah, I don't know that there's ever been a team who's joint fourth, um, fifth on goal differential, whose goal differential is negative. And and it's not. I mean, like yeah, we've had two significant, you know, a five nil and a four nil, but and and our wins are are not four nil five nil. So I mean, I, I guess I understand how it's come to be, but. Um, but yeah, that's got to turn around because because uh, we're not we're gonna have to actually outpoint teams. We're not gonna we're not gonna get any kind of goal differential situations. Uh, Rich, um, did Joe Willock does he play for Newcastle? Um, I, I I think I saw him foul somebody once. He didn't look that good to me. I mean, that was that was a great sale. Better sale a Wobi for thirty five or Willock for twenty five. You know, I, I think we'll look for 25 because, let's face it, his his value wasn't going to get any more, and we fleeced him. I, I mean, and, my full, I and didn't we turn that into, uh, I don't know, our midfield and, you know, left back at this point? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we took the Willock money and we bought, what, Tomiyasu and uh, and Sambi and... <laughs> and yeah, and and I mean, we're looking like geniuses. I mean, you, you have to do that. I think we missed a trick, even though I didn't want the, at the time. I think we missed a trick by not selling uh, Mainsley to Wolves. It, it's those. It's not. It's not building value and selling Saka and ESR for ninety million to to West Ham or to to Man City or something like that. It's selling players for twenty some odd million that wouldn't normally be worth more than single digits that gets you back in the game a little bit when it comes to player trading. Uh, 100% agree. Because I was yeah. like, oh, we need to keep Joe Willock. And then I was like, oh, wait, they're going to give us $25 million? Yeah, okay. People talk. People saw Joe Willock score six goals for Newcastle in six games, and they're like, oh, well, that's the answer to all of our problems. And I'm like, no, because he was here before, and he didn't do it. So, I, yeah, yeah. I, I just – I don't – I, I, I was fully, fully in, in favor of that. Uh, I think we've made too many mistakes by by turning our nose down at offers like that for our players, and 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 that's how you build the reputation as a club of not getting fleeced on deals as well. You're like, oh well, you know, they're 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 selling their guys for twenty million. I guess we have to pay twenty million for Eddie Nketiah now. Uh, now that would be highway robbery. I take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I take that and and. Yeah, I, Hell, I'd I, take I would, ten. <laughs> yeah, I would take ten. Alonzo, um, Aubameyang's miss has to be discussed. Uh, you know, let's not focus on the negative too much. But um, I mean, a fetus could have scored that goal. It just would have like just sitting there. The umbilical cord would have hit the ball and it would have gone <laughs> into the net. 
Um, so Alonzo, I mean, it, it, we have to get back into this discussion again. Is I mean, what did you think of Obama Yang's game? Because he is the first name on the team sheet right now with, with, with Jaka hurt. He's the first name on the team sheet, like it or not, he's going to play. And, um, he's still sometimes a little bit less than prolific in front of net. Yeah. And he's a captain too. So you got to figure that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of discouraging as a fan. Um, I think that he, he as a striker needs to learn how to, um, play for, from example, for example, I mean, he needs to start playing instead of example for these youngsters and in big games, he needs to learn how to, put the ball on that because that's how you get confidence right now his confidence confidence is shot and you know of course she has to play him because Arteta has to play him because he's the captain and unfortunately that's the case now with with the bowling is like if he doesn't start putting these these goals then who do you start you know I'm gonna see Marshmallow play more or or, or Lacazette if that's the case but yeah from a standpoint as a fan it's very discouraging and he just stands there and does nothing to, to, to warrant a start, at least. So, yeah, very discouraging as a fan. But thank, thank, thankfully, Osaka and Martinelli um, hit up the slack for him. But, yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, it, there's been a lot of those. I mean, look, he, he, he scores some goals that others can't, but he also misses goals that no one else would. And, and it's, it's, it, it's just aggravating. I guess if you get him, if you get him eight chances a game, then you don't mind those misses so much. Uh, it's just that, you know, there are some games where there's that that one opportunity, and he and he misses it, and and the game's gone. Uh, we're gonna bring in a second shift of open micers, but before we do, uh, Alonzo, Rich, anything you wanna you wanna get out there into the world, uh, you know, whether it's about the game or or you know. If your shoulder itches or something, I mean, like whatever you want to get out there. So start, <laughs> I, I, I want to make a point about, I want to make a point about the uh, the Obamiang miss. Let's face it, a forty eight year old uh, out of shape guy that's sitting in his uh, dining room on a computer drinking beer right now could have scored that goal. Now you've just described me, except that I'm in a pub <laughs> instead of my dining room. So. <laughs> no, I'm in my dining room drinking beer. So yeah, right. I could have scored that. Goal. 10, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I could have scored that. Now what I couldn't have done was run up to the position where I needed to be to score that. But oh, if I had been there the whole game, if I had just right. been in a chair in there the whole game in a recliner and the yeah. ball came to me, I would have been able to score right. that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's where we're at. All right. Well, Rich, thanks for joining us. Alonzo, anything, uh, any last okay. words? Yeah, um, I think it's pretty amazing that uh, Martinelli scored as fast as he did when he came on the pitch. Um, That's very impressive. And I think that – I think – uh, Arteta is kind of telling how Pepe doesn't even uh, look at on the coming off the bench, you know. So I think it kind of shows you that much, uh, Pepe doesn't really have a future at Arsenal anymore. I think it's safe to say that at this point. I mean, look, I mean, I, I don't, unlike others, I don't, I, I mean, how do you feel about Pepe? I, I, I don't think he's bad. I don't care that he was 72 million, uh, but that keeps being the narrative biggest flop, blah, blah. He's fine. His number, his output's been okay. He he doesn't get a long run of games, and people can criticize Arteta for not, you know, for for pulling him out and ruining his confidence, or whatever. But I think he's fine. But I think there's three or four people that are more pre- preferred in front of him. Well, that's it. I mean, bring him off the bench and you know, clean up game or whatever it is. But I just don't see him as a starter right what, now. What's the number if offered this summer that you would sell him? What are you going to get for him? 
I mean, pretty much, you well, know, that's, that's, that's a tax write-off. Do that's, you, that's a big tax write-off. Do you, do you turn your, do you turn your nose up if someone offers 25 million? As was reported by Tom Kent. No, I'm just kidding. Tom did not report that. Um, yeah, Mike, if you want a clean house, you have to, you have to eat your mistakes and you're going to eat a big mistake there. Yeah, you're going to need a big mistake there. I just hope my mistakes are bacon and, uh, and, and, and Chinese food. Because then I will eat those mistakes all day. Alonzo, Rich, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Take thanks, care. Guys. Always good to see you guys, especially after a win. And uh, hope you, hope you'll join us again after our uh, our Thursday night win against Manchester United. Take see care, you guys. guys. Take care, guys. Have a nice Saturday. Bye. You too. All right. Next, we are bringing on. We've got. Uh, we've. Well, where did Aston go? All right. Well. I might have actually accidentally kicked Aston out of the studio. I hope you come back. But we're going to bring in somebody who I believe knows the man sitting next to me pretty well. Uh, we're bringing in Taylor from L.A. Uh, Taylor, Steve, have you met? Steve. What's happening? What? And, and we also have Sir Aston from Orlando. What's up, Aston, guys? I'm, Aston, What's I'm up, near man? you. I'm near you. I'm, I'm, I'm Aston adjacent right now. Oh, I knew I felt something tingling in the force. Yes. Or was that uh, just me? I'm actually at the pub where you and I watched the Arsenal Villarreal game. Oh, um, bad memories, bad memories. I was so upset. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're the only, you know, the only pub that opens for the early games. The, if you remember what team the, the owner of the pub supported, do you remember? No, not off the, not off rip. Was it Newcastle? It was Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> yet, yet we did, we did, uh, we did vanquish them today, and they they were very kind to us. So, uh, Taylor, let, let let's start with you. Overall, uh, you know, we've talked about the the Nuno Tavares inclusion. Um, I don't think we've talked enough about Ben White, but that's up to you. Aubameyang's miss. Um, but uh, what was your uh, what was your take on on today's game? Uh, are we back on track? Well, okay. So first of all, I just got to say hi to everybody and hi, Steve. I love you. I miss you all the time. For those that are listening, he built Arsenal LA. Um, he's like, you know, one of the, one of my closest friends. So hello. Um, anyways, today the really, I, I don't know if you guys talked about this cause I can't, I've been up since two 30 and I came on kind of late. Uh, plastic, plastic, plastic thing that stood out to me. So going into the game, I'm somebody that cannot separate politics from from this game, and I wanted to absolutely batter Newcastle. I also think that it is no uh, coincidence that our fine club released a bunch of pro-LGBTQIA content today on all of our socials. Um, so I took this as a real battle royale, and I wanted to see us put them to the sword. I was a little disappointed we did not do that to the extent I was hoping. I think that came down to a couple of things we spoke about, namely Aubameyang's miss, which honestly a good pelvic thrust would have scored it. Um, but we covered that already. Uh, the, the one thing that stood out to me today that I was disappointed by uh, was Thomas Party. I don't know if you guys covered that. Um, we haven't. I, 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 did, I did mention to, to Steve after the game, like I think the one guy who really doesn't, didn't cover himself in glory today was was Thomas Partey. Yeah, I mean, I, I really thought that we'd be getting like at least seven out of ten performances from him pretty regularly, and we don't seem to be getting that. And one thing at the pub that I was saying 
Buddy was, you know, I hear that Manchester United game brought up a lot where he was just an absolute monster. That was a year ago. Hmm. Like, that can only buy you so much goodwill, you know what I mean? And lately, he's just not been doing it for me. Well, he, he needs our second best midfielder, Granite Xhaka, alongside of him to really oh, excel, maybe. I keep hearing that. Really? And it, might, it might be true. but Why I... do you hate me, Jared? Why do you hate me? <laughs> so, Aston, look, look, give, give Jared a piece of your mind. Well, I mean, I do think that there is a legitimate issue there. I think that what's going on is a little bit of the, the Ramses, as I like to say. Like, he always seems to, and, and, and to, his, to, to kind of like, like combat it, I do think that right now, and, and correct me, you guys, if you guys don't feel this way, you know, disagree with me, but I feel like our fans are a little too reactionary. I feel like every oh, game no. you're Art? taking every <laughs> little thing and extrapolating it across the whole. You season. take that back, Aston. Hey, hey. <laughs> no, no, no. But oh, I'm typing yeah. faster. Next, um, you know, you're, but seriously, I think there's a little bit of an issue with with Partey with his injuries, and that's where the issue is. Is that every time he gets injured, it takes him about two to three games, like Ramsey used to, and then he's back to being like, okay, he's the thing that fixes our midfield, and that's really an issue because if he's going to be the guy that we rely on, that's literally the reason why we sold Ramsey, isn't it? Wait, are you talking because about Jocko? Rely on him being fit. Are you, are you talking about Jaka? Well, no, I'm no, I'm talking about Thomas Partey. Okay, because I was going to say Jaka's the opposite. Jaka's out. Yeah, Jaka's forever fit. That's not the issue. Jaka, yeah, yeah. Jaka's issues are his feet, um, not not his fitness. Um, but but that's where. But I think that's where a lot of it a, a lot of it comes from. And I think that like same thing with with as far as like small sample sizes. I mean, just a few weeks ago, Obama Yang was like six and five. Like yeah. it, it, some ridiculous metric at the beginning of the after the first three games of the season. So there are going to be these ups and downs and we need to not like overreact to them. One of the things that I did see today that does start to scare me a little bit about Arteta, though, and, and, and it's taken me a long time to get here, is I saw a couple of moments where Sambi and ESR were doing one, two passes. And then you see Saka every night, and then Saka seemed like he was drifting a little bit later in the in the second half. Where was that in the first half? And why is our team so timid when attacking? It's almost as if they don't trust each other, and that's where I'm getting a little nervous that Arteta isn't bringing that trust. Maybe they trust in him and they trust in his plan, but they don't trust each other quite enough. They're not quite sure. How many times have I seen Aubameyang like? running like literally just running through their through their midfield running like on the last man ready to take a ball and nobody's like willing to make the pass yet to him and and those are the things that that kind of like we take for granted we, we used to take for granted with Wenger right we used to be able he used to be able to just pick a player and out of nowhere put them in our team and they would seem like they've always played for Arsenal and I think that's a real 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 thing that I'm a little bit nervous about with Arteta right now. Jared, do you think that that is early stage development of a young team, or do you think it's a concern as as Aston is um, toxically suggesting that it is? <laughs> I am toxic. I'm, I'm you're, you're the last person I would call toxic. No, in, in terms of talent in those positions, I think like Smith Rowe, he he's going to be here for a long time. He's one that I see him as being a staple in the lineup for a long period. And when you have young guys like that, I think over time it's always going to improve. Um, it's just a matter of to what level. 
Uh, that being said, I don't think, you know, our, our midfield right now is the area that's going to be the, the primary focus and we're going to see some changes. So hopefully we get in someone who combines with him a little bit better and, and maybe is a little bit better in connecting with the attack. So I, I think it would just the more games those guys play together, it's obviously going to improve to some degree. But I, I don't think he's going to have the same midfield partners next season as he has this season. I think we're going to see some significant change there. Uh, maybe not in January, but certainly over next summer. So going into next season, it's going to be a completely different animal than kind of what we're seeing now. And this is this is what's fascinating to me because everyone says that we need that. And I agree. I mean, like, look, Partey, Lakanga, Xhaka. I mean, let's, you know, let's be frank. Elneny, his role on the team is exactly what we saw from him today. And in that, I would love to see him more because that would mean that we're, you know, we're, we're finishing off two nil wins. Uh, but, um, you know, we're, we're, and we'll bring somebody else in for the discussion in a second. I'm glad, I'm glad Colin came back. Um, the, uh, the midfield though, I mean, we didn't sign Basuma this summer, which is starting to look like maybe a good decision considering, uh, what he's dealing with right now or what he's put in front of himself at this point. But I, you know, he, we know Arteta loves Jaka. We know Thomas Partey is going to play when he can, um, Without AFCON or significant injury involved, do you see – again, I'm not talking about should we. I'm saying do you see us bringing in like, – like who do we supplant? Does Partey not, not keep his job because we bring in someone to replace him? Um, not suggesting he, that, that that's a, a gimme, but thank you. Um, you know, does – he's not going to make Xhaka a, a squad player. So, Taylor, I mean, like are we really going to bring in somebody – over the summer in, in midfield or are, do we have, you know, between Mainsley and, and Lakanga and Partey and Jaka, is that the midfield that he thinks he needs to have? I, I don't know that we're going to bring somebody in. I, I do think that there's probably a role that Ainsley can play in there. Um, I do think that some of what's happening does come down to direction. I don't know if they are being explicitly told to play a certain way or if they are taking it upon themselves. I, I would think it's the former. Um, but I think that Party, uh, in particular, because we're talking about today's game, he made a few decisions for me that felt like they were coached into him um, and they feel like they were the inappropriate actions. The way he drives the ball forward sometimes, uh, it's a little too lackadaisical and slow for me. He seems one or two steps behind where he should be. Um, I don't know if those are the moves he'd naturally be taking. And so I, I feel like we, we have something there. Um, it's just a matter of maybe unlocking its potential a bit more. I don't know if I'm alone in thinking that. And that's not to say that this is like, you know, Arteta's fault, because um, I don't think that that falls on him um, necessarily entirely. But it feels like there's maybe something a little bit drilled in there that we need to figure out. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, I, I just worry that, We've, I mean, although we haven't always seen it with end product, we have a very strong attacking four. We have a back five now that's phenomenal uh, and, and, and like they've played together for years. It's just a team that lacks the middle. Like, like how do you connect the front to the back? That's like the chemistry experiment that we have to get. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and go different. We don't have a killer up front. We don't have an assassin. Pierre is just not doing that. He's missing too many opportunities. I think if you have a real threat up on top, and that's not easy to find someone, a solid type player or something like that. That's what we need is someone to keep them on their toes. You know, Thierry Henry always kept them on their toes. We always get people up the defense on their toes. I think the midfield is getting the ball up there. We're just not finishing the job. Well, that's just 
Yeah. You know? I hear that um, for about $29 million, we could probably buy uh, Joe Willock. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's bring in our uh, probably our final uh, um, open micer today. Always love when we have new faces on here. Uh, Colin from, I believe, Richmond, Virginia. Is that right? Yes, sir. Thanks for having yeah, me. Uh, Richmond, uh, about an hour and a half from my home. Uh, Colin, were you at Gus's today? I wasn't this morning. I slept in. I slept in too late, so I had to watch it solo at home. But uh, love but, but, that place. But do, but do you go to? So you do go to Gus's. So you are unfortunate enough to be of the acquaintance of Tom Rosenhammer. Then. Oh, absolutely! Uh, what a legend, Tom. You can catch Tom's uh, uh, escapades on uh, on the, uh, the 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 gate the vlogs that I've posted, the Magic Mike vlogs that I've posted on YouTube. Yeah, he was so, with you a good amount of that trip. A good, yeah, he was there for 10, 10 of my 30 days, and uh, Tom and I love traveling over there together. Um, I wouldn't want to live with the guy, but 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 he's a good travel partner to have over overseas. But enough about Tom. Uh, Colin, anything specifically you want to drill down on uh, on the game today? I mean, we've, we've, we've covered a lot of the angles, but we want to hear your point of view. We have. We've covered a lot of it. I think um... – the main point that I just kept coming back to my mind was, it, you know, youth is really carrying us, like really, really carrying us. When you think about the fact that, in my opinion, the two worst performances from our starting 11 were the only two guys that are above the age of 24 in Aubameyang and Thomas Party, that is a little worrying to me. I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest there. Uh, but the other side of that coin is man, it looks like the recruiting that we've started to do over the last couple of years with these new guys we're bringing in, it is, it's only getting more and more promising. I mean, to see the young guys, especially like Tavares and Sambi, respond in that way after the struggles that they had last weekend at Anfield, my goodness. I mean, you know, even, even just in this match of when you look at how frustrated Nuno must have been with his first half performance and then to come out after halftime and perform like he did and run like he did all the way to the to the final whistle man these guys have some great mentalities um and they're looking like they don't really need to lean on these experienced guys they've got the leadership and the drive uh, to do it themselves I'm well, surprised it's interesting now. too the the two positions you pointed out in Nuno and and Tavares the potential replacements for them. And this kind of goes to your point of how youthful we are. You know, the guys that you would bring in in their stead of Niles and Tierney that are our quote experienced players are both, you know, 23, 24 years old as well. So even our, our veteran experienced options are still relatively young in the grand scheme. So that kind of goes to your point of just how youthful this team is. And, and it should give you a good idea of, you know, where we're at in terms of the, the team we have and where we're at positioning wise, you know, assuming, West Ham doesn't get a result from City. We're going to be level on them with points for fourth headed into December, and in a pretty good place for how young that team is. Yeah, and and I'm I'm actually surprised at I mean this, Colin, you're the second person today, so it must be you know there must be some truth to it that that's that's identified you know a vast difference between Tavares' first half and second half. I wrote down a few notes in the first half saying I thought he had absolutely shown that that you know Arteta was right to have faith in him and to get kind of a you know what we call a rehab game but like a mental rehab game not a physical rehab game against Newcastle because I thought his first half performance was fine bet you know quite good actually I'd give it a I'd give it a six and a half out of ten he was an eight out of ten in the second half there's no question about that but I mean that guy had the ball at his feet 
probably 20 minutes out of the game. And we talked yeah. we talked last week about how in the first half, Emil Smith-Rowe had the ball for 37 seconds or something ridiculous like that out of the entire first half. I haven't looked at it, but but Tavares, it had to be like out of the first 45 minutes, he probably had 10 or 11 minutes with the ball at his feet. Yeah, I don't think it was particularly a poor first half necessarily, maybe the, the right word, more just frustrating. Um, and it was primarily just that decision making um, in the final third where there were three or four instances where that cross into the box is absolutely on. And instead, he just goes for this absolutely wild attempt where you're thinking like, OK, come I, on. I could- I'll give um, you the I'll give you the fact that he seems to be taking shooting practice from Thomas Partey. I, mean, I, I will give you that. Well, um, I I, th- I think what's actually interesting about Tavares in the first half, I think what kind of gets underplayed is because the guy never stops running. I mean, can we just talk about how he's an absolute physical monster? Like this guy runs sprints, like 50 sprints. It doesn't matter if it's the 89th minute or if it's the second minute. This guy is running, 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 running at you. And by the end of the first half, they were knackered. They just could not handle it. They were actually physically tired. You'll actually notice in the second half, that's where their subs came in on that side because Tavares was just running them up and down the field. And by the and they started to target the left-hand side. That's why you saw Saka drift over. That's why you saw ESR start playing in that area in space a little bit more because Tavares can just run them down. I mean, he's got, he's got like Duracell, uh, Duracell batteries back there or something. They just, they just stay um, meant to last. You know what I mean? I think he's yeah. easy. The athletic guy on our team it's like pretty his way on the ball on top of that he's so confident there were there were several moments of this game where he was doing these little feints and was just roasting Newcastle's defense I mean to be fair they're not a great defense but he had them on toast you know as they say um he's somebody who Mike like you first half I was like Man, this is a guy, if we get him working at 95% all the time, that is a gem in this team, really. And then to your point earlier, uh, Colin, our worst players on the day were our senior players. And I think that was pretty evident. The fact that we have guys that are 21, 22, 23 that are putting in performances like this after we were all explicitly told that they are not good, I think it needs to be consistently called out because it's pretty tremendous. And who are the people telling us that they're not good? <laughs> let's, let's, let's name and shame. Yeah. No, yeah. Let, let's not. By the way, every time you see me look to what I guess must be your right, if you're watching this, uh, Liverpool have scored another goal. What's the um, that's what that means. That's what that means, by the way. So if we do this for long enough, uh, my head's going to permanently be in this position. But um, So we're going to start to wrap up a little bit. We want to keep it to a tight hour today, but we got about five or ten minutes left. Uh, Frazier in the chat, uh, who is unable to join us because he's hanging uh, Christmas decorations, which reminds me, um, happy Hanukkah in a couple days to everybody. It's a November Hanukkah. Uh, don't ask how that happens. But um, where's all the love for Ben White? I mentioned it earlier in this podcast, um, but we really no, – no, one, no one's taken the, the, the role. So whoever wants to jump in and, and, and cuddle with Ben White for a minute – I thought he was, from the moment he made an interception, I think, in the first couple of, of minutes in the game, that guy does something that most center backs do not do. 
Um, well, you heard, you heard me say it last week. He is literally the best passer of the ball in the team. He might be. Yeah. I like, mean, he, other, than, like, other, I, other I, than, you know, other than Nuno Tavaj, who, uh, you know, who, <laughs> who was looking like, you know, peak Mezzadozo today, as you mentioned. Yeah. With that assist. But, like, I mean, the guy, the guy is, is solid. I mean, he, he took a little while to bet in. But, I mean, he's every, he's every bit. Seaside Mustafi, my ass. Um, he is the only white in London is Ben White. I don't know if I want to go there. I, I, I think that's a Tottenham thing, but it sounds a little different than uh, Aston. Let's uh, no, I'm just kidding. We might, um, we might, we might get a, we might get a, a our uh, affiliation pulled if we if we dive too deeply into that one. Yeah, I, I, might I, be I'm gonna, I, I, yeah, we don't, and we don't want that to happen. Here, I'll, I'll say oh, it. it happened. Oh, um, it happened. Damn it. Yeah, Ramto might be the best passer. But all right, so anyone want to anyone want to give Ben I'll, White a – I'll say a, something. I think it's nice we don't have to talk about him too much. We had to talk about so many of our center backs incessantly. It was it was to no end, and it was driving all of us mad. And, I, I you know, I think that he does nice flashy things – but he's tidy, and I think that that's important and is an overlooked quality sometimes, and it's the reason why he doesn't get brought up a whole lot. Um, I heard somebody last week call him Ben Shite at the pub, and I think that is just so far from the truth. I think he's been solid. Yeah. If if people are going to talk Maguire up the way that they do, how you cannot talk Ben White up is just beyond me. If you can't see it with your eyes, and and, and look, I, yeah. I, I, I am not the best at identifying, you know, football tactically or or you know i I, i'm not the best judge of that i just kind of see what i see um but i mean ben white has started every game since manchester city i think and how many clean sheets do we have uh i mean it's not just ramsdale that's keeping the clean sheets although he's doing a great job of it but i mean it's it's him with those two in front and and yeah fraser um i'm glad you i'm glad uh jared that you kept this up because fraser said Simply superb. It's either the Gabby or White show at CB. Doesn't matter which one it is, but but they make each other stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm looking to the left again. Oh, whiplash. Oh, my neck hurts. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of Gabby, I'm so shocked that Gabrielle Martinelli scored, and you're not having you're not having the whole show about that today. I, you know, I it it's a good point. Yeah, I do have it on my notes, but but I mean, there, there were there's a lot to love today. So uh, so Aston, have at it. I mean. The guy well, gets I, in. What, what? What? First of all, what a masterful sub from from Mikel Arteta, recognizing that Saka needed to come out and putting Martinelli in. I mean, that that was all. That was a masterclass from from. I'm acting as though Saka didn't need to come out uh, from injury. <laughs> I mean, he could have put Pepe in. He could have put Pepe in. He could have put Pepe in. He could have reclaimed Reese Nelson off of loan and and put him in. Uh, he could have done a lot of things. Um, could have put William in. But we were also two nil. We were also one nil up, and he could have put like Ainsley Maitland Niles in, which is actually something he does very often to kind of shore up games. I actually really like that he went for it. And further, I really like the fact that listen, all of us talk about the fact that Martinelli's not playing enough. All of us want to see Martinelli more, but he's held him, he's held him, he's held him. And guess what? When we when he gets the chance to show his stuff, 
He's actually he's committed. You can see it from the moment he steps out on the pitch. He's he's so galvanized to want to show that he's good enough to be in the team. And that's the sort of competition we have wanted in the team forever. Back when we used to have Theo Walcott, who used to have that spot forever and zero competition. Now we have a guy. Now we have a couple of guys that really, really, really are at the point of their careers because they're super young. But they need to show off what they can do in every little in every little spurt. That's why Pepe didn't get a shot today. Because last time we gave Pepe a shot out there, he didn't he didn't do anything. So now we're now it's, it's like okay, great, good. We've seen what you can do. Now let's put Martinelli in, and then Martinelli puts it uh, puts up a show. Now Saka's got to look over his shoulder and wonder, okay, I, now I got to stay fit because the guy behind me might come in and take good. my spot for good. Good, 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 good. I mean, we don't have to like play a guy. 90 minutes or put him on loan or sell him. Um, I'd love for him to be playing more, but guess what? Next season, he'll start every single game in Europe <laughs> in the group stage. Martinelli's 18 years old. Okay, so he still has a lot to learn. I think, you know, we talked about his touches and, and how he works the ball, but he's 18. You don't want to put a kid in that kind of pressure day in and day out. I think bringing him in the way he does and against certain teams allows him to build a confidence up as opposed to, you know, tear them down. I'm always a firm believer of bringing the young players up through my experience with um, youth um, ball in the national program, bringing these younger players up a little bit slower pace. Some, yeah, obviously excel when they're kids, you know, Christian Pulisic, but other guys need time to develop. And Martinelli needs time to develop. And let's not wreck this young man's confidence because he's a future player on this team for 10, 12, 15 years. 15 years. That's a long career. Thirty-five. No, okay. Well, all right. I look, but I would love that. I would love that. He'd be 30, 33. I can't believe that Gabriel Martinelli is the same age as my son. Um, but, Fine. but before, really quickly, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. It's definitely okay. for me. But uh, when they were in LA a few years ago, Steve and I got to meet a bunch of the team, right? And Martinelli was there. It was his first like trip with the team, yeah. right? And he was signing autographs. And you could tell that this guy had not signed many autographs in his life because he wrote every single letter in his whole name out in his autograph. And that tells you how young he is and how far of a career he's got ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. like my son's signature is basically his name in cursive. <laughs> yeah, cursive. exactly. In uh, and, and script. I don't know what it's called over in England. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I love the guy. Uh, I do think he's being handled... I'd err on the side of saying he's being handled carefully and correctly than talent wasted. It's just this, he, he's too good. He's, he's like him and Balogun are kind of in this position where they're too good for the U23s. You don't want to send them out on loan because they're too valuable to, to, to have on hand. And we don't have those European games for him to play in as uh, ESR had last year. So this is kind of a year that's going to be a bit of a challenge unless he gets more playing time through injury, which would not be a good thing. I don't know that we're going to see him a ton, but but getting a 30-minute run out today and doing what he did with it, uh, I mean, Colin, his reaction after he scored today, just in that dog pile, just, I mean, he looked like, I mean, he, this is a kid who cries a lot. Normally, it's when he's injured, and and I, I'm comfortable with my, you know. Hey, I'm a know. crier, too. Yeah, I, I cry for good, bad, and different. I, I'm going to cry when this podcast is over. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's a little weird. But, like, you could just see how much it meant to him. And, and, and so any potential worry about him 
getting antsy and wanting out because he's not getting playing time. I hope, you know, we can start to dispel today. But I mean, Colin, what what do you what do you see for the rest of the season for him? Do you see spot spot starts like or spot starts maybe quick run-ins at the end of the game, or or do you think he actually can force his way into the side? I think his performance today does wonders for his possibilities moving forward this season, mainly because I'm also thinking we've got our two main boys. We've got Saka and ESR on these two wings. We now know that Martinelli can play both of those wings. He's played more on the left wing in the past for us anyways. Um, So we know that he can drop into either of those spots and, Obviously, this season, Pepe has not really been able to make his chances count when he's come in, uh, when he's featured. And so I think Martinelli could be looking and saying, you know, first things first, I got to be the first one off the bench when we need a goal, because that's been Pepe more often than not in the past. And so if he can just get his foot in the door of just being like, I'm the number, I'm the first sub, you know, when we need a goal, I'm the guy that Mikel turns to. I got those fresh legs. I can play on either side. Um, And I think that he will start to build some confidence after today. Um, I think he's going to be just fine. And, you know, I know that we're not in Europe, so obviously there's a lot less room for rotation, but we can't just expect Saka and ESR to be playing 90 minutes for 38 games. It's just, it's even, even without Europe, it's not going to happen. We, we shouldn't, that shouldn't happen, especially given how young they are. Um, And so we're going to need him, man. I really think we're going to need him. And today's performance put me at ease. I think in just maybe a little pressure taken off Saka and ESR. Well put. I, th- I think you know him passing Saka in the, in the depth chart. Um, Another is, one? Uh, no, I think uh, it's Southampton almost right well, We got a little break in the action while Mike's checking the score. Taylor, I know you have to jump off. Yeah. Um, we greatly appreciate you having on. Always great guest. We love having you back. So Thanks if you want to give a quick shout for anywhere we can find you, anything you want to shout out before you jump off, you know, feel free. I'm not super active on Twitter, but Arsenal LA on Twitter is our group. Uh, MK runs that. Arsenal Los Angeles on Instagram. We're at the Fox and Hounds Pub in Studio City every game day. How many people were there today, Kate? How many there were like were there, today? there were like ten, twelve of us at four thirty a.m. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, we were there all there at four, basically. Yeah. I gotta tell you, people over here were bitching about a seven thirty kickoff, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, pe- people look. People in 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 Islington bitch about a twelve thirty kick. Yeah, I barely had time to have breakfast. Oh, at least we won because when we lose the four thirty games and I'm taking down the flags, it's by myself. It's very demoralizing. So <laughs> today I had help. Yeah. Well, Taylor, awesome to see you. Take care. Right. Give our best Much to everybody. See you in a few weeks. Steve, see you, buddy. Bye, Taylor, Taylor. Thanks. Bye, We're gonna round off uh, the 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 post game press conference has been going on. Um, let's see if we get some, uh, some quotes here. Uh, Eddie Howe says, I'm not seeking any controversy, but I felt the 50, 50 calls went against us. Wah. Um, to be fair, they didn't get a lot of calls, not saying that I mean, those I, were right or wrong. They did not get very many calls today. I this thought. was, this was one of the better refereeing, uh, uh, 
performances I've seen in an Arsenal game in a long time. I thought so. there were three or four calls that normally always go against us that didn't today, which was well, a, a nice change of pace. <laughs> well, well, to that exact point, you can kind of see like Eddie Eddie Howe kind of knew that they were going to be pushed back, so they were kept, they kept sending the ball over to Wilson in hopes that he could just fall over in the in the penalty box and make something happen, and it yeah. just was not going their way today because Gabby and White shut him out. That penalty shout it, from Will, it really did frustrate me. It really, he, I thought he absolutely could have just stayed on his feet and tried to put that into the bottom corner when he was away there. And then he just, as soon as he felt Nuno's shoulder, just thought, I'm just going to drop to the floor. And I thought that that was a, and meanwhile, a, kind of a lame move. And meanwhile, the Martinelli one, I mean, the, the, there was no shoulder to shoulder there. It was shoulder, was to, shoulder to cheekbone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm also seeing video now of after Martinelli's goal, Ramsdale coming out to the center of the pitch to hug him. I, I mean, wow! The, I, I can't love Ramsdale enough. The, the, the impact, little things like that. I, when when Lacazette scored against Crystal Palace, and I, I remember this because we were sitting in the end that Arsenal were defending at the time, and in the hubbub where I believe I may have taken my shirt off, um, <laughs> um, all I could see was rather the corner of my eye was Ramsdale run all the, the length of the pitch to celebrate with the rest of the team. Uh, I actually, yeah, I actually have video of it. All right. In my defense, I'm eight months pregnant. Uh, it's a boy, and um, yeah. And, and, I mean, I'm what ready. are you defending at this point? You take your shirt off so often; it's just part of the package. You I know what my I mean? Shirt off almost, I take my shirt off almost once a day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more upset when your shirt is on. That, that is more I, when I'm that, upset. That's, that's more when I question what's, what's wrong. That's what, that's what the chicks say. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I did. Tom, was that that was Tom with me, right? That, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, oh, and another one here. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. I, I love how yeah I I love how everyone everyone's like like I don't know who this person is except for the guy the random guy behind me whose wife is like looking at him like he's crazy but he's joining in um, anyway um, yeah I'm not seeing too many quotes uh, because I'm you know co-hosting I do have one quick point I wanted to uh, to bring up one that I I don't know if I've heard just yet if that's all right but uh, um, I was extremely extremely happy with Tomiyasu today. I don't know if we've touched on him specifically, but oh man, in the, I mean, in the, we, he did what we know he can do, right? He was aerially dominant. He was physically dominant. Um, He has a surprising amount of pace for how tall he is and how built he is given that he's 6'2 and he's not like a lanky guy. He's not like a Tammy Abraham. Like he's, He's he's built bigger than that, and so his pace, like he doesn't get beat very often out on the wings. But then his 
we know he's not an overlapping fullback. Obviously, we can tell that that's not his game specifically, but man, his connection with both Saka and then Martinelli, obviously, as well, when he came on, I was extremely, extremely encouraged by that performance. And it made me realize, like, he may, in, in terms of going forward and attacking, he seems like against a higher line, right? Because at once Newcastle went back um, and we got the first goal, they started playing a little bit higher up to try because they were chasing the game. And he started pinging in some great passes to bring those right wingers in behind um, stuff that we haven't seen a ton of from him um, and stuff that we've all often maybe cited as not one of his strengths, particularly going forward. Um, and I thought all around, this may have been his best performance in an Arsenal shirt, to be honest. That's a great call. Um, one of his strengths appears to be being an every game right back in a back four that in a back five that doesn't give up goals. Um, how long has it been since we, knew who our right back was going to be every game and felt confident in it. Uh, Aston, final words from you today before we, uh, before we wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. Just on that Tommy Asu thing, I do want to just kind of like, like you're saying, I, I think that it, it's a little bit of the Nacho Monreal. Like you don't really realize it like while you're watching it because it's so under the radar, but there's just nothing coming down his side. There's absolutely nothing coming down his side. And then on the other way, he's actually linking up. I mean, you saw the assist today for Martinelli. I mean, that was that was some pretty slick play. And Martinelli, let me tell you, plays different than Saka. Saka likes to play high and wide and come, you know, come in. Martinelli just wants to drive at the uh drive at the opponent's center backs. And and Tomiyasu saw the run and was still able to link up with them. Long may it continue. Super Tom is my actually. He might actually be my man of the match after the whole, after considering the whole game. Yeah, and, let's, and, and Colin, real quick, let's double back and get your man of the match. Was was it Tomiyasu? It was really tough for me between Tomiyasu and actually Sambi, um, just because I thought that from minute one to ninety, I think he may have been our most consistent player. If that makes sense. It just felt like he started off at this level and kept that going all the way until the final whistle. So I'm actually going to go with Sam on here. Just keep 88, it interesting. 88 passes, 82 successful, 60 in the opponent's half, 92% pass percentage, six key passes, two tackles, one clearance, eight gained possessions. Um, struggled against, you know, I mean, he, he was right up there with Nuno Tavares as far as the, the, the mares that were had against, uh, against Liverpool. And, and what a response from him. So we've got Lakanga, man of the match. We've got Tomiyasu, man of the match. Uh, Jared, who your, your, uh, your, your final words and, and man of the match? Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit different. I think they made a good case for both of those guys. Tomiyasu also, we didn't mention the, the quality of the, the ball he put into Martinelli. But it was an excellent game chance to put it in uh, first time. Uh, my man of the match, I was a little bit torn. Um, I was tempted to go Tavares just because of the just relentlessness he plays with. He constantly pushes forward. And I think it was Aston alluded to earlier. He just wore out the Newcastle players uh, down that side. Uh, but for my player of the game, I'm going to go Bakayo Saka. Uh, obviously scored the goal, but I thought more than anything, after a first half where we dominated the ball and just didn't have any end result, in the first 15 minutes, he created three really good opportunities for us. And I think that was sort of the catalyst that gave us the momentum that once he scored, 
that we were really going to push forward and, and get a second and put an end to the game. And I think he was the one who really got all that started. So it was a close one, but for him, I would go, or for men of the match, I'd go Saka today. Outstanding. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you, he, he did some stuff out there that, I mean, it was just special. Um, you know, his, his close control with the ball and, and uh, just the ideas. He sees things before other people see them, I think. And, and that's, that's the key to his to his progression. Um, so we've got three different men in the match. Are we going to go five for five with this, Steve? We're going to go five for five, maybe, because I'm going to go with Tavares. No, no, we're not going to go five for five. Who had, oh, okay. Great minds. I For what you said, um, Jared, off the ball, the 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 running, the line to line, end to end, constantly putting pressure. Mm-hmm. They can't focus on other parts of the match when they're worried about this guy going up and down the, the pitch. You know, they, they can't focus. And then on the ball, he had that sublime pass earlier. I like him for the man of the match. Yeah, and, and I'm going to agree with that. I, th- I mean, you know, man of the match is not supposed to be Daniel's. Uh, yeah, and, and chat, put in your man of the match. Alonzo, we want to hear from you. Daniel, I think he's saying Tomiyasu. Um, a couple people are mentioning how I put the, the shirt back on backwards after it was off of my body in the uh, Crystal Palace game. And, and yes, that was that, that's that's how I do things. Um but uh, oh, Gabriel's Daniel Roberts man of the match. I'm going with Tavares. And like I was saying, it's not supposed to be like a comeback player of the year type of thing or comeback player of the game. How he did against Liverpool is not supposed to influence what I think about him as man of the match in this game. But I can't help but put that kind of context into it. And it wasn't just that he did all right. He dominated that side. He, he played responsible defensively and was all over the front half of the pitch uh, offensively. And, and, and that, that assist to, to Saka on the goal, just wonderful interplay. So I'm going to go with Tavaj as well. Um, he got his name back. Um, change of hairdo, which I can either go for you or against you, honestly. I mean, you know, it's almost like he changed his hair. He wanted to, he, he wanted to be a different person than he was in Liverpool, and I think it worked. So I'm going to go with that hairdo from this point forward. Um, and uh, as long as he keeps playing like that, I would expect to see Karen Tierney on Thursday. But if I don't, not – I mean, although, you know, again, him against – I don't know if that's Ronaldo's side or not, not not really. But I, I'd expect to see Karen, Karen Tierney on Thursday night. But uh, but if I don't, my confidence in Tavares is restored. I don't know. The, my, my whole thing from is the mileage you put on today, is he going to be 100% fit? And should we run him down? And this is where injuries start coming in. When you play a hard match, is he? Well, he's a young kid. But we don't. We don't want Tierney to be Tavares' injury cover because Tierney gets injured himself a lot, and then we end up with Kalasinak in the situation. We don't want that. So, all right, we're we're gonna wrap uh, wrap it up. Thank you, Colin, for joining us. Please come back and and do it uh, again in the future. Uh, see if you can get. Uh, if you can get Tom on, although they're probably doing their own podcast, which, by the way, I will say is an excellent podcast. Um, good good uh, chemistry there. Not a lot of people watching it because they don't really do any promotion. But if you, if you check out the Richmond Gooners podcast on YouTube, it's a, it's a good group of guys talking about football. Um, uh, Aston, good to see you again. I will be uh, – we'll, we'll catch some games when I fo- fully move down here. Um, in the chat. Tezzy Mai, who has Martinelli for the man of the match, Daniel Robert, Mikey Herz, 
whose house is probably sleeping right now, including all of the members of it. Irie, Irie Leon, do I have that right? I, I, I'm completely messing that up. But uh, Alonzo, thanks for coming on earlier. We also had uh, Rich Wilcox on earlier, Rob Ford's in the house, Puga um, from uh, Oklahoma City, who's in Virginia right now. John Dublin Gooner, everybody for joining us. I appreciate it. One quick announcement having to do with Gooners versus Cancer. Uh, the fundraiser is over for the year. We did break our record from last year, uh, raising $21,500. It's amazing. Uh, we've, we've released some thank you videos on Twitter. Next Wednesday night, the fir- this coming Wednesday night, the 1st of December, if you are in the raffle, you're going to want to tune in to the Gooners podcast at 10 o'clock. UK time, five o'clock Eastern for the final prize draw. We're going to have some special guests. We're going to have some videos uh, from special guests. We're going to be drawing all the prizes and then uh, comes the long chore of sending everything out. But uh, this is what you guys have been waiting for. So please do join us. It'll be fun. And again, thank you for all your support with Gunners versus Cancer. Jared, I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done and helped me behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to hand out prizes. That's more fun than, than, than going for the donations is, is, is handing out the prizes that we get. So, uh, so please do join us, and uh, that's it. And, and thank you, Mike, for all your hard work on it. I know that you go through Gooners versus Cancer. You've won, um, you're, you're not one to brag. How, you won several awards this year. Well, I am one to brag. What awards did you get this year? Uh, well, we won the, the football content awards uh, for uh, – for the uh, best charitable campaign. But again, you know, that's, that's something that comes down to people voting for us and people judging for us. So again, it's, it's a support thing, but next year it's going to be football versus cancer um, because, you know, leukemia, lymphoma, blood cancers aren't just an arsenal thing. It's a football thing. So we're really going to try to try to grow this next year. So the more that you can help out, the better. And anyway, that's about it. It's a win. We're back. The treble is on. We're going to win everything that we can get, and uh, and that's it. So uh, goodbye to everybody, and come on, you Gooners.